Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh. G'day, thanks again for getting our preview edition of the year-round carnival podcast, Lightning Stakes Day. It's Saturday morning, we're just talking business. Vince Cardi, delighted to report, this looks just perfect weather conditions as well. Well, for Victoria, 100%, but Ralphie, I was just on the website before we've gotten on to have this uh, discussion, trying to understand, where's this, how on earth do we still have a slow six in Sydney? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we'll, we'll have a quick look at that uh, that race to finish off this program. But firstly, let's just dive deep into Flemington. Of course, this is an accompaniment to your race speed profiles, which you've got. So please open it up, and uh, and we'll we'll talk you through it here. Obviously, the races that we covered in depth yesterday, we'll pretty much just t- talk business, uh, yes or no. Uh, but let's start off with race one, Vince. And uh, gee, I was going to be keen on Star Vega if it was a big field. It ain't a big field now. It's only only five runners. So this makes it pretty challenging from a betting perspective. It's still first and second dividend, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Well, as they always say, as crazy as it is, some of the best sought-after value, if you can find the runner, is when there's five horses and they play two place dividends. They rarely pay less than $1.30 a place, so therefore it's hard not to make money if you can find the runner. Yes. So in your race speed profiles, your order is El Soliado, Aramco, Star Vega, and it just looks in the run that Jamie's just going to stalk Aramco everywhere. Yes, for sure. There's no no question that's what it looks like. And that's probably not a bad way to consider kicking off the day, Ralphie, as well. There's always this little challenge with how slow could they really go, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've marked very slow. If we get ourselves into a scenario and they're 20 lengths below benchmark, which could happen, right? Yep. What will that do in terms of where you want to go? So I was looking at it from that angle as well, and I said, okay, if we're an absolute walk, it's got to be Star Vega, but just depends on how you feel. But if I'm just talking about a one-two play, right, either first or second, or if there's a bit more speed, it has to be the two. So this is where I'm at. I'm in that line. And Damian Lane, he's going to be in a forward spot. He, I believe he's going to do everything in his power to say, how slow can we go? So probably the speed then comes from either from how, how fast Michael D chooses to put pressure on from our Qatari. That's it. And that's yeah. the and I'm sure Damian, if if Michael D wants to own the front, I'm sure he's going to let him have it. Yeah, because he does that. So, a bit of a head-scratcher there. So, you, are you considering a play or not? Well, at, of course, I, there is a possibility of a C-grade play. I just haven't locked down if I'm going to move to the seven or the two. But they both look like, as crazy as it sounds, doesn't matter, even from an individual point of view, I do believe they're going to run one, two, Ralphie. And it's just whether you're going to go left or right, and the prices are very similar. 
Well, speaking of prices, the price for race two here in the favourite, Al Baboris, is pretty pretty tight. It's high threes. Uh, the additional bit of information since yesterday, uh, I heard Mick Kent Jr. on uh, RSN this morning saying the grand final is in uh, three weeks' time, or two or three weeks' time, the Inglis race three quarters of a million dollars. So he'll be forward. He's been uh, trialling well, uh, but... He's, today's not the day. He takes on race fit, very basic, but race fit older horses. Uh, how have you decided to assess this race? Well, they're going to go forward, and I don't believe it's going to be any serious intensity. Up the straight, it is 1,100 metres. I just don't see anyone trying to just ignite the fire. I just feel they're going to stay close together and... They're going to look for a breakaway. Whether that breakaway is going to come at the 500-metre mark, the 600-metre mark, or just inside the 400, that's probably what I'm not sure. So I was looking at who in, you know, engaged in the most dynamic sprint over the last four. So just listening to what you said about the, what the stable was articulating, then maybe a horse like Wiggum mm. could be considered because it does have an excellent 400-metre sprint. I would say it's on par with any other runner in this field. And Craig Williams, you you know he might be the one that makes the first move about when you light it up, the race. He, if he brings what he did on Melbourne Cup Day, that $8 they try is a pretty nice price. It really is. Another runner that had to be given some consideration purely for the way the mapping works, it's hard to ignore both Damien Lane's runner, Plus Forrest, and yep. Blake's horse, Chester Warrior. They were the other two ointments for me. Again, highlighting what you said, because I just I feel the one, the, the Mick Ken horse, I just feel this horse could turn out to be a very, very talented runner, and that's why I, I, I wanted to give it a lot of respect. But, of course, if the final's somewhere else, you know they're not going to be rock solid. And I'm not a big fan of uh, Craig Newer to go crazy in terms of betting. So race three on the program here, it's it's low confidence. I don't think we can add too much because there's two rods and uh, it wouldn't be surprised if some of these debut runners come to play at a good enough level to be competitive. Ralphie, I'm probably really excited about seeing, you know, do we see any of these runners take that next step and, you know, break that benchmark profile? Race four on the program here. Now, this is an interesting betting race for a couple of reasons and keen on your take here with the, with the two imports, Circle of Fire and... and uh, under sorry up and under uh but who dares is faultless can he run a mile because if he can and would do you think he'll get the race pace to suit himself uh gee in the form he's in the five dollars looks a nice each way blade no matter no matter what the uh, two imports do well it's hard to knock it on the last start at caulfield yep. when you look at the profile i mean all sections above benchmark rolfi that's just within itself a signal that you should be able to stretch out to a mile. The reality is it is absolutely all going to come down to race pace. If this horse runs like he did at Sandown on the 6th of the 12th, 23, then I'd say possibly a negative for the 14. But if he can just breathe a little bit better through that first, only one section breather this horse needs, and it will get the mile... In terms of uh, overall performances, my challenge is this with this race. These imports, I, I've given the worst possible figure for these two runners yep. because this isn't their pet distance. And it did surprise me that they were so hard 
in the in the you know on the dashboard like where their rankings were. I, I do get nervous when I see that. So for that reason, I that's why I mark the race low to moderate only for that reason. Yep. Okay. So the rest of the card we've covered yesterday, so it's pretty much a pass or play situation. Uh, the one change of bit information from race five is from yesterday. We don't have to worry about Vagrant. We don't have to worry about running by. They come out. That makes Whistler less a very tight favourite at low twos, pass or play. Ralphie, very hard horse to not want to back, right? And yep. they're going to let you on. Damien's isn't, he's good up front. But he loves it if there's a chance for a sit. If by any chance he gets the sit, your money's in the bag. <laughs> right? You will be collecting uh, the way I play, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's an absolute lock in for a C grade bet. If I had the birdie in my ear saying, "Ha, oh, I'm guaranteed to take the sit," I would upgrade my bet to a B grade. Nice. Race six in the program, the favourite for the race, well, the two favourites as we discussed yesterday, Molly Nickers, Infatuation. Infatuation's had a busy prep. Conversely, Molly Nickers is first up. I heard what I wanted to from Peter Moody this morning on RSN. They want the black type coming here, so I think she's uh, she, she's going to be turning up and coming to play. Makes a lot of sense, Ralphie. No doubt for people that like it, they probably should consider stepping in. I'm not going to get aggressive in this race. I'm quite happy to watch it. Just the patterns don't all work for me, and I get it with Molly Nickers, but it's not a horse that I and just just that whole profile that I want to just charge into myself. But I wouldn't be surprised if Molly, uh, you know, what's it called Nickers wins. Molly Nickers, yep. Yeah. So most advantage though, as far as race pace uh, setup, infatuation. Molly Nickers, Lujica, Pink Shandon uh, for the Colts. Race six in the. Uh, sorry for the. Uh, uh, yeah, the, for the Colts, of course. Uh, Otago, Riff Rocket, Co- King Colorado, Run, Harry, Run. Uh, final assessment race morning. Are you going to be passing or playing here? Rafi, I really like Otago and Riff Rocket in this race. Both riders profile superbly. And I am like pretty much locked in to consider this is a betting opportunity. I do have a little bit of nervousness around King Colorado. Hey, Fat Cat. So it's not a race where there's just a lockdown. There's only two or three horses that are definite on the podium. There is a possibility for four runners. But I am sort of leading to a C-grade bet, possibly Ortega. But Riff Rocket, I just want to see what the communication is from the yard before I dismiss it. But right now, I can't separate those two horses. All right, Otago, high threes, as is uh, King Colorado, and uh, Riff Rocket around about the $8 margin, uh, market, rather. Uh, okay, Lightning Stakes, uh, just checking the market here, $1.85 is, is the best available. Yeah, it, it, it's tightened back up, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I suspected this, right? There was two possibilities. <laughs> you look at that trial, my observation, based on the data, it became a real race late. They didn't want to participate. A lot of other people that may have seen the trial, they don't have the luxury of knowing what's happened. A lot of people don't have the luxury of knowing what's happened under the clock. Firstly, the race was out by more than a second, which is very misleading for people not knowing, you know, what do you do, right? That's that, that's a big gap, Ralphie, right? And the second part is... I can tell you right now, between inside the 350 to the 100 metre mark, that turned into a dead set race. And for a moment, I thought Bella Nipotino was Piero. 
right? Because <laughs> yeah. the horse was heading towards a sub-10-3 last 200 metres. I mean, that just shows you how much intensity was sparked into the race. Now that you've given me that confirmation that we're back into the tightening, I know that there's nothing wrong with the horse. Because if this horse drifted dramatically, then something's come out of the stable beyond the trial. Yes. And now that this hasn't happened, unfortunately for me, this is another week where I, I probably got to get the tissues out, Ralphie. Because I'm crying because I want to back Imperatories like there's no other horse on the planet because I do believe it's by how far. And I do expect Bella Nepotina to run second, but I'm not – here's my problem. I'm not willing to put my chips on that horse because the best horse by a mile is Imperatories. Now, if miracles happen – and that there was a dollar thirty a place, you know I'm on, and it would be a standout eight grade bet. Well, you're nearly a dollar thirty to win, Jimmy Star. Dollar forty, in fact, and of course, in any market, there's buy and sell. You need uh, you need to have a reason to be against it. There, there isn't one, is there? No, you just got to be foolish. So, so the others you've got your most advantage as far as multis are concerned, Crosshaven, Caridi, Pascaro. Last race here, Punchline. You can get on Punchline if you like Punchline. You've got Punchline from Belair, Meridius and Helix. What's your thoughts there for race uh, race 10 on the program here? Mid two's the odds. I, I feel it's like right at the sharp end of the stick. Price was, Yeah, if it was a price yeah. similar to – I felt that the price should be a lot closer to Belair. And then I would 100% probably look at it as a genuine B-grade bet. But now, because it's like real razor thin, right, it's probably a C-grade best at, at best. But again, I find myself in this situation. It's a race between Punchlane and Belair. That's my view. And they're both the right riders. And it's very, very hard to knock either horse. The, the edge I'm giving a Punchlane is this. I just feel Mark Zara gets the golden run lane in terms of doesn't matter where he is, he's going to have the first crack at all of them and he's going to be able to pick what lane he wants to be in over the last 250 metres, which makes this horse extremely hard to beat. Maybe that's the reason why these corporate bookmakers can't be a bit more generous. <laughs> Fair enough, too. And Vince, let's finish off with Sydney, of course. Ranwick, the uh, the one race that we uh, had a good look at yesterday was the Apollo Stakes, where the favourite is Fangirl. We've got a soft track, so which way are you playing here with uh, with this race, race seven? Fangirl, yesterday you were saying that think it over, you expect to run very well first up. I do, I do, and Ralphie, man of disappointments. <laughs> Fangirl, the, after we finished our session and the day progressed, and I went and had, you know, a bit more deep diving into really trying to understand Fangirl. I started to fall in love with the horse, right? And I go, goodness me. Well, the only thing we got now is, what is this track condition? So here's my view. If it is S6, unfortunately for me, I may not even be able to get on anyway, right? Because I... It's pretty tight. I'm not sure whether that dollar thirty is going to come, but I'm 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 hoping, right? If this track's improving and I'm I can see we're close to the G four range, I just feel that's the horse to back. And the other runner that I wanted to touch on for anybody that's doing multis or want to take some exactors or they want to include, you know, a couple of horses around it, other than you know, militarised buckaroos, Cascadian. Go and have a look at the 1,400-metre profile. Wet or dry, it's impossible 
to fault Ralphie. And I scored it the lowest possible figure that I could and taking a position that this horse is going to come in two lengths below what its average performances are which I feel is, you know, me being silly, right? The reality is expect an average performance, which would make this horse a genuine top three contender at a big price. Yeah, as much as $15 available as we speak. So Fangirl as much as $2.20. And uh, and uh, at the moment, as we speak, recording this at 10 to 10, the radar is clear, Vid. So hopefully you do get that improving track. All right, as always, really appreciate you being a customer year-round carnival and hope the information helps you make the right decisions today. 